Today is Tuesday, November 15th, 2022, and Donald Trump announces his bid for president tonight. Here's what it means. Poll record low. 7% of voters view Mitch McConnell favorably, and Matt Gates announces he is not voting for Kevin McCarthy for speaker, potentially derailing his speakership. My name is Benny Johnson, and this is The Benny Show. Ladies and gentlemen, Donald Trump's announcement tonight. What will it mean? The official kickoff to 2024 Baby, we got thoughts on this, and we will get there soon. But first, let us discuss what must happen inside of our Republican Party for us to even have a nominee in 2024. Isn't it all irrelevant if we don't figure out our problems now? Get your own house in order, the Gospels say. Don't build your house upon the sand, the Gospels say. So let us take heed about our own house and solve the issues of the moment before looking at a DeSantis or a Trump. And again, we will get there. And I have some major thoughts and few pieces of advice for Donald Trump as he announces tonight his 2024 intentions. First and foremost, we must look at why we have seen such depressing results in the 2022 midterm elections. And we must ask ourselves, what about a world without Trump? How did we get here? And why are they trying to place the blame for the 2022 elections at Donald Trump's feet where it does not belong? This show will not allow them to get away with that. This is the corporate and establishment Republican Party failures stem to stern. Literally 0% of the failures for the midterm elections lie at Donald Trump's feet. It was not his job. Donald Trump could very well be sipping Diet Cokes and could be eating McDonald's fries, dipping them in ketchup, and hitting piss missiles on his golf course. That's what he has every right to do right now. It is not his role to win in the midterm elections. It is the role of Ronna McDaniel at the RNC, Kevin McCarthy at the NRCC and in the GOP House, and Mitch McConnell inside of the Senate. It is their role exclusively, as detailed this morning in The Federalist, in a wonderful piece entitled, It Now Is the time to boot failed GOP leaders, not bicker about Trump DeSantis. This published a few minutes ago, and I thought it was a absolutely punctuative way to start the show. After a colossal failure in the midterms, the Republican Party desperately needs to overhaul its leadership. We can worry about 2024 later. And I do believe, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, that this is the reason why we lost. Again, it is not Donald Trump. It is not his Save America PAC and what he chose to or not to spend money from. It is not his job to win majorities in the Senate and the House. Now, Donald Trump does fancy himself as the leader of the Republican Party, and therefore some of the responsibility may tangentially lie at his feet, but this is not his purpose in life right now. And Donald Trump hadn't announced during the midterms. And so again, Donald Trump was simply playing a parlor game with the midterms. It wasn't his role. It was the role of these failures. The Republican Party failed in 2022, and they failed for many reasons. Let us enumerate. Anyone who cares about the Republican Party needs to understand that the ongoing campaign to blame the midterms on Donald Trump and throw support behind Governor Ron DeSantis for 2024 GOP establishment scheme to avoid responsibility for their own failures. Forget about Trump versus DeSantis question for a minute. Right now, far more important is the pressing 
task at hand to hold Senator Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy and other GOP leaders like Tom Emmer, the head of the National Republican Congressional Committee, and Ronna McDaniel, the Republican National Committee chair, accountable for their massive failures in this election cycle. Any time wasted speculating on 2024 is time not spent talking about McConnell's dereliction of duty as the leader of the GOP and not just his horrible funding decisions during the midterm, but also the past two years of facilitating President Biden's agenda. McConnell didn't just prioritize his allies over winning a majority in the midterms, which he did. We lost the Senate because of Lisa Murkowski in Alaska. Pro-abortion, votes with Democrats, votes against Kavanaugh, votes for impeachment, Lisa Murkowski. That's why you don't have a Republican Senate right now. Thus, bringing full and total support, truth, and rock-solid substantiation to our thought process that our GOP leaders would much rather be ball-gag bitch boys for the Democrats inside of Washington, D.C. than to have functional majorities. Sorry for my cursing. I try to I try to keep my cursing to one a show. So there's my curse per show. I will put a nickel in the swear jar. GOP leaders would rather wear gimp suits and be dog walked by Democrats than to have majorities and have the onus of leadership upon their head, the crowns of leadership upon their heads. And that is precisely what we got. Mitch McConnell funded a Republican against a Republican in a primary. Which is I promise my team I will try and stop screaming. I am so ready to scream right now and yell and to throw. I guess I have one item to throw. I have a little flag here. I'll throw it there. Try and get the let out. Ladies and gentlemen, Mitch McConnell is the death of democracy. Let me explain that. And I know there's a lot of rhetoric around, but let me take a moment to explain. The Republican primary voters decide where our party goes. It is Republican primary voters in each state that decide how their state needs to be represented. It is not up to Mitch McConnell to step in with his turtle shell, his Galapagos feet, and his long wrinkly neck and to shove multi-millions into Alaska in order to get his favorite pro-abortion candidate across the finish line. That is not his role. It is the role of the American primary voters, specifically the Republican primary voters, to say who is going to be their candidate. And in Alaska, they chose Kelly Treblinka. And Mitch McConnell said, no, I don't want to deal with this person. And he said no to Blake Masters. And he said no to Adam Laxalt. And he said no to many winnable races all around the country. The GOP got outspent two and three to one in Georgia, in Pennsylvania, in Nevada, and in Arizona. Check the numbers. Mitch McConnell lost the Senate perhaps on purpose. At some point, you have to step back and say, nope, they're doing this on purpose. They are sabotaging our party. And they are doing it because they despise you. They despise the Republican electorate. They hate your choices for your representatives. And so they would rather be dog walked by Democrats than to have a functional majority. That is the attitude of our current leaders in Washington, D.C. Let's continue. Mitch McConnell has done everything to help Joe Biden and to capitulate to Joe Biden and his agenda to win the midterms, facilitate the debt limit increase, pass massive infrastructure packages, facilitate the CHIPS Act, benefit corporate special interests. McConnell's success in appointing federal judges is admirable and will stay his legacy. But now that Democrats have captured the Senate majority, the legacy might as well be ellipsed by Senator Chuck Schumer, who has proven just as adept as McConnell as confirming judges. 
And then there's McCarthy, a House Republican. Meet up this week. We'll determine the new speaker. Rumors are swirling around of a plan among conservative members to derail McCarthy's bid for speakership. Good. It isn't even clear at this point whether Republicans will win a majority. They still may not. Internalize that. Republicans may not win a majority in the House. The gavel may go to Nancy Pelosi. There's current rumblings right now of Republicans siding with a Democrat majority in order to give the speakership to someone from the Democrat caucus. I kid you not. That was written up in the New York Times this morning. Are you ready for that? And the only reason that's a possibility is because McCarthy failed at his job. Tom Ember failed at their jobs. This is going to be a thinner majority than Nancy Pelosi's razor thin eight seat majority. Majority leader, the lion's share of fall, the lion's share of blame falls at McCarthy, who should have come up with something better than the Republicans to run on than his anodyne, uninspiring commitment to America. You ever heard of this? Talking with my wife last night, she's like, what, what did Republicans run on? And I was like, oh, they did this big thing with Newt Gingrich and they rolled out some commitment to America. She's like, I didn't hear about that. I didn't know anything about that. I, like, this was such a limp. This is such a, a limp, flaccid, pathetic Republican attempt at messaging. Meanwhile, Democrats every single day, threats to democracy, threats to democracy, threats to democracy, threats to democracy, speeches and big bloody town halls and Hitlerian screaming, threat to democracy, threat to democracy, threat to democracy. It worked. Did it work? It worked just enough. McConnell and McCarthy are the only ones who need who need their feet held to the fire. The dust hasn't even settled on election day, and Tom Emmer, a complete rhino from Minnesota, who should be kicked out of the Republican Party altogether, launched a bid for the House GOP whip. So now they're all saying that you should reward them for their great jobs in the 2022 midterm. Welcome to the all-important election month of November, ladies and gentlemen. What do people care about in this month? Well, polling shows that 7 out of 10 Americans think that inflation is the number one issue in America right now, and they are correct. Politicians are always talking about kitchen table issues. Well, what's on your kitchen table? Groceries. How's your grocery bill doing? How about the gas to get those groceries? How's your gas prices where you live? Inflation is rampant, and it's insane. It's only caused by one thing, the communists in Washington, D.C. spending too much money. That is why my family hedges against the withering effects of inflation on our savings by investing in gold. We invest in gold with our dear friends at Birch Gold. They have helped us protect our savings from 40-year high inflation. Text Benny to 989898 for your free info kit on diversifying into gold. Plus, when you do this by the end of the month, by Black Friday, you'll get a free gold bar with each purchase. Man, it's nice to open up my security deposit box and see those gold bars glistening. See something that Joe Biden cannot destroy. Ladies and gentlemen, I went gold and I'll never go back. Go gold today. Invest in something of real value with my friends at Birch Gold. Text Benny to 989898. Emmer, who chaired the NRCC since 2019, has already fallen short of his position as NRCC chairman in a shadow campaign for WHIP. They're just goblins, these people. The disastrous midterms results weren't by themselves enough to disqualify Emmer. His arrogant response to the outcome that the GOP should just be happy for the majority should leave no question. Tom Emmer is garbage. Also garbage that needs to be taken out is Rona Romney McDaniel. What exactly has Rona Romney McDaniel, who signaled uh, just yesterday that she's going to run again for RNC chairwoman, which would put her as RNC chairwoman through 2022? Okay, so do you want her running our primary process? 
This woman has done literally nothing for our party. She is uninspiring. She is not adept at understanding what moment it is and what time it is in America. And she is a loser. She has simply done one thing, which is lose. Lee Zeldin may run against her. And while this show doesn't make a, uh, doesn't, doesn't, doesn't normally endorse Republican against Republican races, we endorse Lee Zeldin against Rona Romney McDaniel. That vote is in January. And the reason why is this. Republicans do not understand the lessons of 2020. The lessons of 2020 taught us this. And no, ladies and gentlemen, you can't call it fraud. Call it what you will. Say it's say it's incorrect ballot counting. Say the say the say say that this is, you know, it's rigged or whatever. But it's legal. Okay? And we tried to get there yesterday and let us try one more time to infuse into the brains of especially the people who are running this party. Because for some reason, they're not, they don't have their hair on fire. They don't know what time it is. This is how Democrats do it. And it pains me to say it because I think it's wrong and I think it's destroying our country. But the reality is ballot harvesting and universal mail-in balloting is legal in many states. And guess which states are leading to the loss of your Republican Party and a permanent minority status for federalized Republican elections? Those issues. And not once have you heard Ronna McDaniel present a coherent message as to why or how we would curtail these practices or why or how we would take advantage of these practices. You have a single choice, curtail them or take advantage of them. In Florida, Ron DeSantis passed laws curtailing them. You need voter ID. You need multiple forms of voter ID. You need to request mail-in balloting. That mail-in balloting needs to be signature matched. And that mail-in balloting cannot be picked up by someone else and brought into the polling location. Somebody else delivered your ballot, they've committed a felony. They're going to jail in here. God bless Ron DeSantis. So that's how you do it. Have you heard a single word from McCarthy as his entire, McCarthy's from California. You know where Democrats are picking up all these seats? California. You know what California has? Universal mail-in balloting, unlimited election counting, counting days and days and days and days and days until after the election. No understanding of who's getting ballots or where these ballots are coming from. Ladies and gentlemen, it's not fraud if it's legal. We have to understand. We have to understand what time it is. And we need to be able to talk about these issues in the context of what is legal and what is illegal. And it is very sad for me to report to you right now that as of now, the race in Arizona has been called for Katie Hobbs. Based much on the blame that goes to the Republican establishment there in Arizona, who had a free shot on goal in order to get election integrity laws passed after the 2020 nightmare of an election that they had there in Arizona. Yet, in fact, what happened was a Republican House, Republican Senate, and Republican governor made the matter worse. This election was worse. It has taken longer to count. It has more irregularities and insanity connected to it. Read the headlines. One out of four machines, one out of five machines didn't function on election day. Some 25 to 30 percent of polling locations had malfunctions on election day in Maricopa County. Ladies and gentlemen, Republicans missed their shot in Arizona, and now it is time to place blame where it belongs. The Republicans had an opportunity to pass election reform laws in Arizona. They ended up passing an election reform bill. It didn't work. 
Ron DeSantis had an opportunity to pass a bill here. It did work. And Republicans won historic majorities in Florida when legal votes were counted. Now in Arizona, we are deeply sad to admit because Carrie Lake is a friend of this program and a dear friend of mine. That as it stands now, there is no path to victory for Carrie Lake. Why is that? Why? I was in Arizona. I went to polling locations. I stood there and I watched people bringing in like five different types of ballots. It was a nightmare. There were lines out the door and around the block. Every polling location stacked to the brim. People dropping off different types of ballots. They, 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 have, they, have like, they have more types of ballots in Arizona than the leftist freak teacher at some elementary school here with green hair wants you to believe there are genders. All these different types of ballots, all these different ways to drop them off. No way to tabulate them. No way to figure out how to count them. Counting days and days and days and weeks. This is not assuming there's fraud. This is assuming that these systems are broken for how they count ballots. And the systems are not broken here in Florida where we counted 7.5 million ballots by 9 p.m. Ding! On election night. That's how an election is supposed to work. The reason they want more ballots and the reason why they always push for more ballots and the passage of bills like H.R. 1, which we can put the text of it on screen for you here, is because they need more votes out there. They need votes to be as simple as picking up red solo cup at a tailgate. Lots of red solo cups at tailgates. They're everywhere. And for Democrat Party, it always benefits them to have votes everywhere because they have the mechanisms and the infrastructure in order to gather those votes. And in many states, ballot harvesting is legal. Unsightly, unseemly, insane to someone like me who lives in Florida where it is illegal to have somebody touch your ballot that isn't you. But ladies and gentlemen, I digress. This is the law, ladies and gentlemen. H.R. 1, and trust me, they're going to bring this back up, and they're going to try and get this passed. Section 1621 of the bill states, an individual in state eligible to cast vote in an election for federal office, the state is may not impose any additional conditions on the requirement for the eligibility of this individual to cast a vote in such an election by absentee ballot or by mail. They want permanent mail-in balloting for you forever. That's what they want for everyone in America. So the federal government's going to ship out mail-in ballots to every person in America. That is the dream for Democrats. Mail-in voting and ballot harvesting. Mail-in voting is automatic in these states, California, Colorado, Hawaii, Nevada, New Jersey, Oregon, Utah, Vermont, Washington State, Washington, D.C. Interesting how the races that continue to drag on into infinity are in California, Colorado, where where Lauren Boebert's opponent suddenly just miraculously found a thousand votes last night. Miraculous. Oregon continues to drag on their vote counting. Washington State continues to drag on their vote counting. People in Republicans in Washington state losing R plus 13 districts. How the hell is that possible? We're very proud of our growing company here at The Benny Show. We're very proud of our growing audience. And for that, we have you to thank the listener. But we wouldn't be able to do this show without the technology that backs the show up. And the most important piece of technology is our cell phones. It keeps a news show like ours up and online. It keeps our team of 15 people connected in and out during this crazy news era and certainly during our live broadcast. And so that is why we trust pure talk to keep us connected and to keep us in the black as a company because pure talk allows us to run a 
smooth operation, a connected operation, and a quick operation at The Benny Show. There's literally no reason to pay for AT&T or T-Mobile or Verizon. 80 bucks a month? Switch to Pure Talk for half the price. Blazing fast data at 30 bucks a month. We use it at The Benny Show, and you should too. Pure Talk wants to keep the customer happy, and Pure Talk loves America. It's a company that's founded by a U.S. veteran, and they create jobs here in America. It's a company that supports me and my values. I invite you to switch to Pure Talk, just like our company did. It'll take you as little as 10 minutes. Show corporate America that you're done funding leftist policies. Go to puretalk.com and enter the promo code Benny to save 50% off your first month. Again, puretalk.com, promo code Benny to make the switch to Pure Talk. Ladies and gentlemen, ballot harvesting is allowed in many states. Ballot harvesting means you don't return your ballot. Somebody else takes your ballot and votes for vote. Somebody else takes your ballot into the polling place for you. Okay. What um, if somebody's that close to you voting? Well, then who uh, exactly like are they telling you how to vote? You have no idea. But right now there are tons of states. I'm not sure if we have. Do we have a comprehensive list here of states that allow ballot harvesting? Lots of states that allow ballot harvesting. Ballot harvesting defined by someone else bringing in your ballot other than you. Some of these states, you can say a family member can do it or like a close relative. Really, are you telling me there's a system involved in that? Nobody has a system involved in that. So ladies and gentlemen, as it stands right now, the GOP has won 221 races. We have the uh, current House standings right now. We're Democrats. uh, uh, Democrats have won or are leading in 214. Outstanding races, California, Colorado, Oregon, and Maine. Isn't that interesting? The states with universal mail-in voting are the outstanding states that take forever to count their votes. Isn't that fascinating? Isn't that interesting? As Nate Cohn says, the data analyst for the New York Times, Democrats are winning the post-election vote. These people, they scream about losing their democracy. They scream about losing our democracy. Yet they are the ones who have broken our democracy into something that is unrecognizable by somebody even a few years ago. How is it that California goes from ruby red at the year of my birth, 1986, California ruby red? How is it that they goes from ruby red to dark blue, never going to be won by a Republican forever? And that happened in my lifetime, in my lifetime. Damn it. Unlimited immigration. Unlimited illegal immigration. Packing those people into California, making sure those ballots get out, making sure we have tons more people to match to ballots because it's all about ballot algorithms now. Ballot algorithms. How many ballots can you get and how many people do you have to go out and harvest those ballots? And in states like California, it is too easy, baby. One person, one ballot, fine. Send the person out to harvest it. And guess what? And this is going to, it pains me to say it, but it's not fraud because it's literally legal. One person, one ballot. Pack them in, baby. Five million, 10 million more illegal immigrants. Shove them all into California. Flip a blue state, flip a red state blue. Bam, right there. One lifetime. Doesn't even, it doesn't take long. California voted blue, like I think for Bill Clinton, and then it'll never go back. That's all it takes. Ronald Reagan, amnesty. That's what happened. Ronald Reagan, amnesty, boom. Say goodbye to your own home state of California. Just the owning, the owning of Republicans, the owning of Republicans because of our own jackassery. And this is what has happened. Reading to you again from The Federalist here. Republicans tend to have a lot more motivated base than Democrats on election day. 
They drive to the voting booth. They wait their turn. But the new reality is that elections are happening for weeks before, sometimes months before, the designated day of the official in-person voting. And that's a lot of time for dedicated activists to call or to visit the homes of their voters, no matter how unmotivated they are. Tell them that they don't have to wait at all. You can just cash your ballot right now. Do you want me to fill it out for you? Where's the Republican National Committee Chair Ron McDaniel on this? Where's the Republican Congressional Committee Chair Tom Emmer? Where's the Republican National Senatorial Committee Chair Rick Scott? They're the ones responsible for leading on these things, and they did nothing. They closed their eyes, they put their head down, they winced, and they said a prayer, a silent prayer, and said, please, Daddy, no more. Don't let 2020 happen again. Guess what? 2020 happened again. Now they're cheerfully making plans for their future leadership positions and fundraising operations. If elected Republicans aren't prepared to roll all of this back to the pre-pandemic way of doing things, they'll have to adapt and develop their own way of pushing their voters to cast ballots weeks before leading up to the election day. That's what Democrats are doing, and it is working. Ladies and gentlemen, we are looking down the barrel of never winning another federal election again. Democrats have this thing wired. They got the systems that they need in these states. Donald Trump's Donald Trump will be announcing his presidential 2024 campaign tonight. Okay, so take that, of course, to the bank. This comes as no surprise to anyone. Our question for Donald Trump as it pertains to this announcement. And as you know, this show, of course, is not going to be endorsing. We're going to call balls and strikes. I am a fan of Trump. And I wrote on his plane just a couple of couple of uh, days ago, like sat there with him, talked with him about his 2024 announcement, origins of COVID-19, which I personally believe collapsed his chances in 2020. Was a nightmare. I asked him about things he would do differently personnel. And then, of course, we asked him about uh, the midterm races, which we didn't know how they would be decided now, but they haven't been decided positively in the course of the Republican parties and these Republican results. They've been dismal. It's been the most disappointing election of my lifetime. That's just the reality. This is the most disappointing election of my lifetime, period, these midterm elections. We've asked Donald Trump about this. And so I want to like be very upfront about the way I look at the political landscape right now. America is in crisis. Now, there are two types of crisis that occur electorally in America. And we find ourselves in a very different crisis than we did in 2016. I want to hearken back to 2016. And I want to hearken back to the Obama years. What happened during the Obama years? Well, I would argue that the eight years of Barack Obama led to a very specific type of crisis politically for America. The crisis politically for America is an identity crisis. Obama had breezed in there talking about hope and change. And damn it, was that man a man of his word? Did he ever change this place? America went from sort of a macho George W. You know, George W. Bush. I'm no fan of George W. Bush, but sort of like a, a swagger nation, even under Bill Clinton, sort of a swaggery nation. Big, broad shouldered, strong alpha leaders to this sort of like beta cuck faculty lounge, Barack Obama, limp wristed, bowing to our enemies leadership. 
Obama said, literally, lead from behind. Obama literally bowed to our enemies. Watch. Fernando de Kirchner no ha acudido a esta cita. Están viendo ahí al presidente Obama saludando a la familia real saudí. También veían... This is Obama bowing to our enemies. He's sitting there bending over. We'd never seen a president do this before. This was Obama's strategy. Was this remaking of Alpha Americana. And he did a great job of it, man. He went on an apology tour. First thing he did as president, apologizing for America. Watch. There's a failure to appreciate Europe's leading role in the world. There have been times where America's shown arrogance and been dismissive, even derisive. The United States is still working through some of our own darker periods in our history. The United States will be willing to acknowledge past errors where those errors have been made. We've at times been disengaged and at times we've sought to dictate our terms. Barack Obama as president apologizing for America. And he did this all the time. He bent over all the time. He showed weak, flaccid, limp-wristed leadership. And America's America was like, who is this cuck? Like, we don't want this. This isn't our America. It was an identity crisis. We're not some type of like j mixed jambalaya open borders, like multinational World Economic Forum globalist nation. We're America, damn it. Hot dogs and beer and the Statue of Liberty and aircraft carriers and fireworks and F-150s and red meat. And that's America. And when we saw this guy come on the scene, baby, he changed everything. We suddenly heard not just from Donald Trump that he was going to remake America with strong leadership, but that he would be taking the Obama era class of selling out America and weakness and he'd be throwing them in jail. He literally told us he'd throw them in jail. Watch. It is uh, it's just awfully good that someone with the temperament of Donald Trump is not in charge of the law in our country. Yeah, because you'd be in jail. Secretary Clinton. Boom, baby. It's a classic. And I would argue that that won Donald Trump the presidency right there. I mean, looking back on it, that won Donald Trump the presidency. That there, there it was, baby. And America said, hell yes. That's what I want as an American leader. That's the strength that I want. I'm sick of this managerial lecturing adjunct professor class. These globalist cucks. Donald Trump continued talking about the problems in the world that has been created by American weakness. Remember this? Crisis is honoring President Obama. He is the founder of ISIS. He's the founder of ISIS. Okay? He's the founder. He founded ISIS. Take a look at Syria. Take a look at the migration. Take a look at Libya. Take a look at Iraq. She gave us ISIS because her and Obama created this huge vacuum. So this is Donald Trump saying the thing you're not allowed to say out loud. No one's ever heard it before. Donald Trump saying out loud that our weakness and our leaders created the terrorist groups that are killing and slaughtering Americans. And he was right. He was dead on. He was right. And that the Republicans were not putting up leaders strong enough to fight this globalist cabal that is leading America to destruction. And Donald Trump went hard at Jeb Bush and it worked. Watch.
This is a tough business oh, to run for oh, president. Oh, I know. You're a tough guy, Jeb. And, it's, and we need to have a leader that is pre Real tough. You're never going to be president of the United States tough, by insulting yeah. your way to well, the let's presidency. see. I'm at 42 and you're at 3. So, Doesn't so matter. far, I'm doing better. Doesn't matter. So far, I'm doing better. You know, you started off over here, Jeb. You're moving over further and further. Pretty soon, you're going to be off the end. Don't lose your temper there. A thing you know, one at a time. One at a time. You, it sounds more. You, go ahead. He went directly after the establishment. And what Donald Trump said, and I'm paraphrasing Dave Chappelle on SNL just this weekend, what Donald Trump said is the system is rigged. And I'm a billionaire and I can tell you the system is rigged. And Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton stood on the end of the stage and said, no, the system's not rigged. How do you know that? And Donald Trump says, because I use the rigged system. I got everything from this rigged system. And no one had ever heard anyone talk like that. No one had ever heard a billionaire talk like that. No one had ever seen anything like Donald Trump to expose these people who really do despise you. They despise regular America. Hillary Clinton despises you. Barack Obama despise you. And they want to destroy your country. And Donald Trump called them out to their faces for doing that. That was an identity crisis in America. And Americans chose by orders of magnitude Donald Trump's vision for America, strength, Fighting, dominance, and alpha energy over the beta weakness of the Obama regime and the Hillary Clinton globalist cabal regime. They chose Trump over Hillary in an identity crisis America. And that is what happens a lot in this country. There are identity crises in this nation. And people choose different forms of leadership to match the moment. I would liken the 2016 election to Ronald Reagan versus Jimmy Carter. The result was closer for sure, but the Republican won. Ronald Reagan was alpha energy, Americana. He was a movie star like Donald Trump. He was famous like Donald Trump. He was glamorous like Donald Trump. Jimmy Carter was a weak, flaccid, limp-wristed loser who wanted America's demise and wanted a weakened America and did his best to bring us that. And Jimmy Carter, of course, lost. That was an identity crisis election, 1980. If you were around for it, you certainly remember it. And America's ch Americans chose, and they regularly do choose, alpha energy, strong people to lead this country. Strong leader. They want that. We're proud people here. And this is my piece of advice for Donald Trump. Tonight, And if I were one of Donald Trump's closest advisors, and I'm close with many of his people, I am a big fan of what Donald Trump did during his presidency, a huge fan of what Donald Trump did during his presidency. Donald Trump destroyed ISIS. He said who created ISIS, and then Donald Trump went about destroying ISIS, killing their leaders, slaughtering some of the worst men on planet Earth, using the might of America to make jobs here in America, repatriate manufacturing, build walls. He didn't complete the wall, but he built hundreds, if not thousands of miles of the wall. Create an incredible business environment here. No one's ever seen an economy like Donald Trump had in 2019. This nation was roaring, roaring. No one's ever seen it before, this economy. This is the Donald Trump presidency that we wanted, and we got it in spite of all of the hoaxes and all of the fraudulence, we got that presidency and it was glorious, ladies and gentlemen. Then comes a virus of unspecified origin.
and everything collapsed. The economy was gone. The nation was thrown into peril. And now we get old diseased dementia man. And what has he brought to us? Well, he's brought us something that we never thought we'd see ever in American history. The federal government stating that it owns your body and can tell you which medicine you can and cannot take if you wish to work and provide bread for your children. Watch. Yes. Mr. President, thank you. Why not um, push for vaccine mandates in states, private companies, schools? Do you want to see those entities pass vaccine mandates? Well, I, I'd like to see them continue to move in that direction. And that's why I'm, I pointed out. I had asked the Justice Department to determine whether that is they're able to do that legally. And they can. Local communities can do that. Local businesses can do that. It's still a question whether the federal government can mandate the whole country. I don't know that yet. Joe Biden gave an order to OSHA in order to mandate that you take their therapeutic or you can't work in this country. Joe Biden saying that he's going to destroy the, the reason that inflation exists. Taking a step back. The reason inflation exists is because everything, everything is a petrol product. Everything. Every plastic that you have, your entire car is made of plastic. Everything in your home is made of plastic. Everything is a petroleum product. When the price of energy goes up, the price of everything goes up. You can relate it all back to energy. And Joe Biden has killed American energy independence and is thusly killing our economy. Watch. So it's going to become a wind generation. And all they're doing is going to save them a hell of a lot of money and using the same transmission line that transmitted the coal-fired electric on. We're going to be shutting these plants down all across America and having wind and solar. We're going to be shutting these plants down all across America. First act is to kill the Keystone XL pipeline. His first act, gas prices around here are skyrocketing in Florida, but I'm sure they've gone up exponentially since the midterm elections. And we told you they would. This is the plan. They will collapse American energy independence and they will do so and laugh in your face and punish you, tell you that you deserve it. That's exactly what Joe Biden said when he talked about inflation. And we will, and we're going to continue to. Folks, look, just today we learned inflation came down last month. And mainstream economists are saying this is a really positive sign of the resilience of the economic recovery. It's going to take time to get inflation back to normal levels. We can see setbacks along the way. I realize that. But we are laser focused on it. That's why it's so critical for us to pass important legislation this year to lower those costs for families. And I know it's going to take time to implement our entire economic agenda, which we already passed, and for folks to feel it in their day-to-day -day lives. But I think folks are going to see it in the next few months. That's what's going to that, – and I think that's what they voted for. Watch what happens when people see new roads, bridges being built in their towns. They start to see the investments being made in electric rail. This is Joe Biden stating just days ago that inflation is coming down. And by the way, the inflation that we have right now, you deserve it. That historic inflation that he wasn't punished for, that none of them were punished for, all of this you deserve. This is a different crisis in America. And this is my thesis here on 2024. This is no longer an identity crisis. Are we masculine or are we feminine in this country? Do we have alpha energy or beta energy? What's the projection of America on the world state? Those are superficial crises. The 2016 crisis was a superficial crisis. There is more on the line 
right now. This is a survivalist crisis, and there is a different set of monumental things happening to this nation that could truly undergird the entire country that you live in and make it unrecognizable for the next generation, for your children. The America that you grew up in, by and large, does not exist anymore because of the predations of these wicked people, pornography in schools, the radical gender and racial ideologies, the destruction of our own energy source, therefore the destruction of our own economy, the true and pernicious predations upon our children and our, on our next generation. And they are working, man. TikTok works. Check how Zoomers voted in this, and Zillennials is what they're calling them, voted in this election. They are coming hard for America, and evil will not sleep, and evil always wants the crown jewel, and America is the most powerful nation on earth. Satan brings Jesus up to the mountaintops, and he shows him all the kingdoms of the earth, and he says, you can have them. Just worship me. And what does Jesus say? Does he, sit, does he fact check him and say, no, you can't do that? You don't have the power to do that? No, actually. Jesus rebukes Satan, but acknowledges that, yeah, th these kingdoms of the earth, these are, this is Satan's domain down here. And that's the way that I look at things. And this country, which is founded on Judeo-Christian principles, has always been in the crosshairs for evil. They have wanted to rip this place asunder. And they are right now in striking distance of truly destroying this nation, criminalizing Christianity, criminalizing you raising your own children. You can see it. Kids are being taken away from parents right now in this country. We'll cover that at a later date. For you teaching your children your values. This is crisis level. This is a survival crisis in America. So I would argue that this election is far less like Ronald Reagan 1980. It's far less like 2016, which was an identity crisis. It's far more like the Civil War. I don't want a hot Civil War, but we are in the middle of a cold Civil War in this nation. And you got to be blind, not see it. And we need leaders, Lincoln-style leaders, that can really go about the serious business of breaking the evil that exists in this nation, the institutionalized evil, as evil as slavery. And I often compare abortion to slavery. I often compare radical racial ideology to slavery. It is the same tenets, dehumanization, the dehumanization of the person and their worth that God gave them. That is, those are the tenets of slavery. And they've always been tenets clung to by the Democrat Party and have always been tenants that have been used in order to undergird the value proposition of this country, which is that all men are created equal, and that you may pursue happiness, life, and liberty under God, indivisible, liberty and justice for all. That is the idea of this country, and it is antithetical to the racists who used to own slaves on plantations, who started the KKK to attack Republicans, who used the Dred Scott case, Brown versus Board of Education, to stop people from voting and rigging voting systems back in the day. And ladies and gentlemen, they continue to this very day to use these same tactics, divide and conquer.
The Democrat Party has always done this. And this is a survival moment for America. So it asked Donald Trump in his speech tonight and in his campaign for 2024 to have that footing, take that footing, own that footing. This is the time in America. It is not 2016 anymore. It is 2024. And there are a different set of consequences and battles before us. And they are more dire than they were eight years ago. That is just a reality. The same, the same tricks and the same, you know, whiz bang stuff that worked on the campaign trail. We played you the Jeb clip, right? That stuff's not going to work anymore. Donald Trump in the days leading up to this announcement have attacked Winsome Sears, Glenn Youngkin, Mitch McConnell, Ron DeSantis, Paul Ryan, Maggie Haberman, uh, the New York Times. That's fine. But people are needing more than attacks right now on other establishment figures. They need vision. Donald Trump is capable of this vision as evidenced by his inauguration speech, which was the best inauguration speech I have ever heard. And it's worth replaying. Donald Trump is able to be a serious candidate and is capable of presenting a vision for this country in its dire time of survival. Watch. Because today we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. For too long, a small group in our nation's capital has reaped the rewards of government, while the people have borne the cost. Washington flourished, but the people did not share in its wealth. Politicians prospered, but the jobs left and the factories closed. The establishment protected itself, but not the citizens of our country. Their victories have not been your victories. Their triumphs have not been your triumphs. And while they celebrated in our nation's capital, there was little to celebrate for struggling families all across our land. That all changes starting right here and right now, because this moment is your moment. It belongs to you. That is good Trump. Very good Trump. Again, I will state this. This show will not be endorsing for president. Something will have to change. My strategy here is simple. Tell it like it is. Give you a voice, the viewers, the base that so deeply deserves to have that Trump show up. That Trump, a very deeply serious champion of the people Trump. That is the time. That is the hour that we live in today, and a Trump that fights the true establishment. This is what got Trump to where he is now. The fighting of the establishment. The best Trump is the fighting of the uniparty establishment that hates you, that rejoices in this midterm election, that thinks that they deserve promotions because of their results in the 2020 midterms, 2022 midterms, 2020 and 2022. Nobody learned any lessons. 
Your Republican leaders and the establishment are thrilled that you have no power and they have all the power. And it doesn't matter if they're Republican or Democrat. It really doesn't even matter if they're alive. Multiple dead Democrats won political office in the 2022 election. They have the system wired. And the system is wired against you and for them. Donald Trump having that message and bringing forth that message with the seriousness of the moment and the survival crisis, not identity crisis, the survival crisis that we currently are in, that is the winning message. And that, I believe, is what the base wants to hear and be reflected because people out there are scared and they need a strategic tone change from Donald Trump. This is not 2016 anymore. And if I was one of Donald Trump's closest advisors, this is what I would be stating to him. Most importantly, on this program, we will allow the American primary voter, the Republican primary voter, to make the best selection for our party. That is who I have faith in, you. The primary voter, the engaged, energetic Republican who shows up, who listens, and who decides. You are the choice. All politicians, including Donald Trump, work for us. We owe them nothing. And if they backstab us, betray us, or just disappoint us like in 2022, then out the door. No gold watch for you. No pensions. Be gone. All politicians are judged equally. We owe no one anything. We give you the power. Power comes from us. That is the way it's designed here. You are our servants, all of you. And so we make the choices heading forward into the Republican primary election cycle. And that is what the show will follow very, very closely. So Godspeed, Donald Trump, tonight in your announcement. We will be covering it live here, and we will be giving you our feedback after this announcement happens and showing you exactly what we where we where we thought Donald Trump went, what we thought was good, and where we think this country is headed. Right now, it's headed in, into a very, very, very dark place. So we need serious candidates with serious abilities to change ship, change the direction of this place. And as a father, as a business owner, and as somebody who loves America a lot, I cheer on any candidate who's willing to do that. Somebody who's not willing to do that, of course, is Mitch McConnell, who now has a record low 7% voter favorability. This according to Breitbart. Senator Mitch McConnell favorability has hit a record low, according to the civics polling. 7% of voters view McConnell favorably. 81% view him unfavorably. Um, Among the Republican Party, only 18% of Republicans view McConnell favorably. Well, that is really bad. 61% disapprove. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Mitch McConnell will unfortunately likely gain the leadership position again in the Senate because we just don't have enough senators standing against him. What will happen to Kevin McCarthy in the House? Matt Gates saying uh, this week that he will not be supporting Kevin McCarthy. Here's what that sounded like. If it came Kevin, down to supporting yeah. someone like Kevin or in the mold of Kevin, you know, is well, there if any... If that were to happen, Charlie, that would solely be by Kevin's hand because once five Republicans stand up and say, we're never voting for Kevin then if Kevin chooses to persist, it would be him putting our majority. Who, who, would, and, those and five, who would those five people be? Well, I, I think that they would be the people that reliably 
adhere to the promises that they make to their voters. I'm not here to like out or dox anybody. I'll let people make their own announcements in their own time. I'm making my announcement, which is that I'm not voting for Kevin McCarthy. I'm not voting for him tomorrow. I'm not voting for him on the floor. And I am certain that there is a critical mass of people who hold my precise view. And so the sooner we can sort of dispense with the notion that Kevin's going to be speaker, then we can get to the important work of actually looking at who are the people that Brian Fitzpatrick and Matt Gates can agree on. Questioning our leadership and having a meritocracy is uniquely conservative. Democrats have no meritocracy. Democrats elect mouth-breathing meat puppets. The D behind their name probably stands for deceased. As multiple dead Democrats won elected office, as people decided to vote for Katie Hobbs over Carrie Lake, I'm sorry, let me reverse that. I don't think anyone decided to do that. I think that the Democrats had a large enough ballot algorithm and mechanism to gather those votes, which is legal in Arizona, and to bring them in. And those votes were shipped out weeks ahead of the election. And why would Katie Hobbs ever debate if she knows she has the numbers on her side because she has the mechanisms on her side? Balloting versus voting. Our leaders are not serious people. They did not ring the bell on these problems. And that is why we lost. The end. The end. The announcement, uh, by the way, is 9 p.m. tonight from Trump at Mar-a-Lago. 9 p.m. tonight at Trump at Mar-a-Lago. My producer is telling me that people are asking what time the announcement is. 9 p.m. tonight, Trump at Mar-a-Lago. Trump will announce the major, I, I know for a fact that Other people will be running in the Republican primary, and there will be a heated Republican primary. It will be wild. You have never seen anything like it. It'll probably make 2016, the 2016 primary, look like child's play. And it's going to happen fast, lightning fast. What is the date right now? It's November 14th, November 15th, Tuesday. This time, one year from now, we'll be having the Iowa caucuses. Do you know this? One year from now, Iowa caucuses will probably be like uh, right after New Year's. So this time, right now, every candidate will be rolling through Iowa. I'm from Iowa. This is how fast it's going to work. One year from today, every person will be rolling up in Iowa, cafes, pancake houses, waffle houses, come and go stations. That's the big gas station in Iowa. People are going to, it's going to be wild. Yo. It's going to be wiling out. It's going to be crazy time. That's how fast it's all going to go. So get ready. The person in charge of this process will be incredibly important. And they deserve to be somebody, a Republican, who is owed a position based on performance and not based on the fact that they are just sitting warming a chair, which is exactly what Ronna McDaniel has done. Ronna McDaniel has been a chair warmer. She's a wretched human being. She has done nothing. And I know for a fact that Ronna McDaniel employs a bunch of never-Trumpers. She employs a bunch of people who are dis- who are repulsed by the Republican Party, who despise you, who despise the base, who despise being a Republican. One of them was my neighbor in Washington, D.C., a massive GOP bundler, and my neighbor straight up admitted to me at a party, she works for the RNC, that she's embarrassed to be called a Republican, and that she tells people that she's actually a secret Democrat. This is what she says to be invited to cocktail party. These are the people who've been staffed in Washington, D.C. And by the way, can we just get the RNC out of D.C.? Move it to Florida, please. 
Anyway, Ronna McDaniel needs to go. She's been a disaster for the party. She's uninspiring. She's lazy. And she's a doofus. Nobody likes her. And my connections inside the RNC are super strong. And lady, we got laundry lists. We got dirty laundry for days. This fight may go to Lee Zeldin. We don't make it a habit of endorsing on this show. And I tell you what, if there's a big, robust Republican primary, we will not be endorsing. We will be showing you and giving you the straight dish. You deserve to watch us chop wood just like anyone else. But Lee Zeldin, man, is going to get my support in this battle. If it's just Lee Zeldin versus Ron McDaniel, Lee, it's going to be Lee. It's got to be Lee. Lee Zeldin is reportedly considering a bid for the chair of the Republican National Committee following his candidacy in the Empire State's gubernatorial race. Activists and supporters across the country have asked Zeldin to run for the position following the unsuccessful bid to unseat incumbent New York Democrat Kathy Hochul. But what do you call success? Well, I would call this a success because Lee Zeldin ended up winning five, six House seats. Ladies and gentlemen, this is like a big deal, and it actually saved us the House. Lee Zeldin is the reason that Republicans even have the House. Democrats would have unified control of government again and would be shoving H.R. 1 down our throat. Republicans lost seats. Are you hearing me? Republicans lost seats. Democrats gained seats in the Senate. I guess we'll, you know, I guess we'll know with the Warnock race. But as of right now, Republicans gained seats, four seats. All districts in New York tended more conservative because of Lee Zeldin. He was a sacrificial lamb who made the gladiator style, 300 Spartan style move to sacrifice himself for the greater good. He sacrificed his own seat and Lee Zeldin deserves to be rewarded. The only reason we have the house is because of Lee Zeldin. Without those seats, we would not have the house. Because of pathetic, repulsive, lazy, slovenly leadership from Ronna McDaniel. So, encourage, and we will be getting way into the activism game. We will be showing you all the RNC committee members, their names, how to contact them. You should demand that they vote against Ron McDaniel and they vote for Lee Zeldin. We got the, uh, we got the uh, uh, image here of New York. This is what Lee Zeldin did. The margin of change from 2020 uh, in New York is wild. Look at that. That's a red kingdom right there. That's a red state. God bless Lee Zeldin. Look at that. This is the margin of change going more for Republicans than for Democrats based on the last election results, the last federal election results in 2020. Lee Zeldin's the man. And so we 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 will full-throatedly endorse him if he decides to run for RNC chair. He's the kind of leadership that we truly need. And the party leadership will be deeply, will be deeply, abidingly important uh, if we have a very crowded GOP uh, primary, which... Shaping up to absolutely be a very crowded primary. So we shall see. And we'll be covering it all for you here, ladies and gentlemen. And we'll tell you our biases. Our biases are this. God, family, country. That's what we do on this program. That's what guide us. My family, my country, my faith. These are the things that I care about. And these are the things that I, uh, this is the lens that I see the world through. Well, at least I'll be honest with you. And so let us continue the fight. On to the next one. Let's. Learn and let's progress and let's advance. We are about offense on this show because we're free men and women. We were born that way. We're going to stay that way if we fight. That's what we're going to do here. It's going to be a big, bloody battle. We'll see what happens, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Stay tuned.
It's going to be wild. And we will be covering Trump's announcement tonight. See you online then. My name is Benny Johnson. This is The Benny Show.